0: Phil Moran, Pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, Pastor at Day Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us, or catch past broadcasts, or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoicey.com. As one scopes all the knowledge that is available to humanity, there's no higher knowledge than the knowledge of God Himself. Peter wrote in his second letter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, His divine power, that's God, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Meaning everything that we need for life and godliness, which encompasses everything that we truly need, comes through the knowledge of God. So therefore, what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. Imagine if you were locked up in a dark, cold prison cell all alone. What would bring comfort to your heart? Or imagine if you were on a desert island shipwrecked with no way of getting off. Where could you find hope in your desperation? Or imagine if the government or a band of bloodthirsty men were hunting you down and they wouldn't stop until you were dead. How could you encourage your spirit, the knowledge of God, the love of God, the confidence that Jesus is for you, though all else is against you, is the knowledge that you need, That's why we're looking at the attributes of God, because there's nothing higher in this life than God. Yesterday, we looked at God's omniscience, and so today we're moving on to His wisdom. And that's the next attribute in Catechism question number four from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable, and His being wisdom, power, holiness, justice, and goodness, and truth. So brothers, as we approach this attribute of wisdom today, can you maybe... First of all, just show us the difference between wisdom and uh, omniscience, and then help us to understand what wisdom is.
1: Knowledge stands for information, data, facts about one thing or another. God knows all things, in fact, knowing all things from the beginning, and, God, uh, and so God knows everything. But wisdom is that virtue of God's which he frames all that knowledge together, causing all things to work together in order to serve his purposes and the purpose for which he created us.
2: Mm. So wisdom is is God's use of knowledge um, for the best possible results, which is always the glory of God by the best possible means. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of ways it's the same way we use the words knowledge and wisdom when applied to us. Um, there are some people that we, we encounter in life that are very knowledgeable but that knowledge, we sometimes will say, well, it's just head knowledge. They don't know how to use it, mm-hmm. which is just another way of saying is they don't know how to apply it in the best mm-hmm. possible way. They have knowledge, but they lack wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, unfortunately, sometimes people will say, well, they have got a lot of wisdom, but they don't have knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way. That doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Although you
0: can see very wise people who their, their knowledge is limited, um, and, and maybe even more limited than, like, say, your scholar or yeah. whatever. But they're using the yeah. knowledge that they do have yeah. mm-hmm. in the most skillful of ways. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's limited to their profession or limited to an occupation there. Um, one of the things going back to God, J.A. Packer said, uh, wisdom is, in fact, the practical side of his moral goodness. Um, it's As such, it's found in the fullness of God only. He alone is naturally and entirely and invariably wise. God is never other than wise in anything that he does. It's, it's part of his essence. Just as power and truth and goodness are a part of his essence, it's, it's integral to his character.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in other words, God's wisdom, um, just to sum up before we move on, is that he always chooses the highest ends – and the best means to achieve those ends. And I think right there, that that's so practical because oftentimes when we go through sin or sickness or suffering or hardship in our life, we can, we can kind of look up and say, God, what's going on here? And if we have a robust uh, understanding of God's wisdom that even right now, as desperate and dark as this situation is, this situation is the best means that God is choosing to accomplish his highest end for your life. Mm-hmm. That,
3: that, that's a good word, Josh.
0: <clears throat> that no matter how
3: dark and confusing and and my situation may be, and that i that I can't know the the way forward, I don't know the way forward, that I can trust that God does and and not only that that God in that God in His wisdom knows what is what is good and what is true and what is beautiful, and what is best for the shaping of of my soul. Uh, there's great assurance in that,
2: yeah. and I think this is where John Piper is so helpful. That it's the greatest good is God's glory, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes we get confused that we think the greatest good is us. Yeah, and so sometimes we will then use that faulty framework to look at actions of God and say, well, he must not be very wise because if he was, he wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's because we lack knowledge and God doesn't and God always knows the, the best pop- possible end, which is his glory, mm-hmm. um, that he does what he does um, and, and is all wise. And so part of being a child of God is to begin to trust that wisdom. Mm-hmm that in those dark moments, in those difficult times, in those struggles, we can say, this doesn't feel like God knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then faith says, but I can trust his hand because his perfect knowledge is combined with his power, mm-hmm. is combined with his character, which is good and gracious and loving and kind. hmm And it will produce the best outcome,
0: even when we can't see it. And that proverb that says, uh, wisdom is justified by her children. I mean, how many times can you look back at the hardest, darkest places in your life and, and thankful that you're out of them, but then just marvel at what God has taught you through those seasons? Man, there are seasons that I would never, ever, ever want to go back to, but I... Looking back now, I saw something about God that I wouldn't have learned through anything else, and I'm thankful for them. Mm-hmm. So thankful.
2: Well, that's Job's testimony at the end of the book. Right. I knew of you. Yeah. But now I've 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 seen you. Yeah. I mean, and mm-hmm. I think that that is faith. Yeah. Coming to fruition of saying I know God is all-wise. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the fun things we can do uh, with any of God's attributes is kind of say, okay, where do we see this? Where do we see this attribute in this category, or this category, or this category? The Puritans were really good at this. In fact, Stephen Charnock, in his book uh, *The Existence and Attributes of God*, he he broke down God's wisdom into you know three categories. How do we see God's wisdom in creation? How do we see God's wisdom in providence? How do we see God's wisdom in redemption? So let's. Let's start there at creation. So the psalmist in Psalm 104, 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you made them all. So brothers, how is God's wisdom displayed in creation?
1: Earlier, Russ mentioned how uh, God's wisdom and his power were combined. Uh, In Daniel chapter 2, we read in verse 20, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might, and when we think about creation, it's a mystery to us. Um, you know, we can't really understand it. How could God create by fiat? How could He create out of nothing? Um, we don't know how He He could do that. But in wisdom and might, He did just that. He He created a a, a world that we can't even conceive of how He could do that, and. Uh, and we realize that the space and time or dimensions of His created or, order, you know, it he, um, he, it comes from from God, and so we 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 marvel at the wisdom. And any any time you. You look at the seasons, or you look at the tides, or you look at mm-hmm. uh, you know, the stars that declare His handiwork, mm-hmm. or even think about um, you know some of the things that uh, an animal will do, a hibernation, or a uh, or a salmon run, or mm-hmm. uh, different things where God has planted that in in there. It just boggles the mind. Yeah,
0: yeah. Psalm one hundred four is just teeming. If, if, you, if you anywhere to look at the psalm, go home and read it tonight. Um, each stanza. Is a display of the the psalmist marveling at how God has created each part in creation. So, for instance, in verses uh, fourteen and f- uh, ten and eleven, he says to the to God, "You make springs gush forth in the valleys; they flow between the hills. They, the streams, the rivers, they give drink to every beast of the field." So, remember, think about God's wisdom. He chooses the highest means. He chooses the highest ends and the highest means to accomplish those ends. Why do rivers exist? Well, they exist to give beasts of the earth drink. And have you ever gone camping before and you're just looking at the river and like, where does all this water come from? It's just like an, it was here, it was here in June when I came camping and it's here in August. It's still flowing.
1: You know, the book of Job has Job saying if he would just get a chance, he'd like to ask God a question. And and finally God shows up in in chapter 38 39 40 where it, you know the first thing is who are you old man yeah. and, and he and let me question you were you there when i laid the foundations of the earth yeah. and he goes you know for for three chapters he's asking questions and about creation referring to his infinite power and creative wisdom and everything else it's just it it, it just uh, it, it it brings a a sense of awe yeah. Um, and we use the word awesome so lightly. This is yeah. really awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um I, it's probably important to point out that uh, observing nature and, and the Bible, you know, invites us in, in in fact even commands us to observe nature and is in Psalm 104 to to see the the glory and wisdom of God there. Uh Psalm 19 says the heavens are telling the glory of God, the firmament proclaims his handiwork. So there is something to be learned from nature. We, we, we will never derive the gospel from nature. Right. Uh, we need the word for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we need the gospel to be revealed to us through God's word and, and, and given to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, but what, what can be seen is this just incredible wisdom beyond imagining. And, you know, you talked about the example of the stream and uh, uh, one, one a little bit closer to home that pops into my mind is just the way our own knowledge is so limited. We we are just as scientific and, and as, as advanced as we think we are, we are just beginning, modern human beings, to scratch the surface of the subtlety of creation. Mm-hmm. Think for a minute of bacteria, which a few hundred years ago we didn't even know existed, and then we decided, when, once we discovered them, we decided they were a problem. Now we know that we would die without them. Yeah.
0: Now we're putting bacteria in our bodies now, on now, purpose. Now we're
3: treating <laughs> now we're treating sick people by reintroducing bacteria to their digestive system. Yep. Yep. Um, and and God designed this subtle subtle uh, system where all of these different moving parts are dependent mm-hmm. upon one another. And it, and it, it the mind our our minds can't even take it all in. Yeah. It's it, it is a a wisdom beyond our. We can't plumb the depths of that wisdom.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. read a book um, several years ago called "Consider the Lilies." I can't remember the name of the author, but it was a great book that was advocating for the idea that, really, in some ways, it's it's taking Psalm 19 and saying that we have, at least in part, a seminary all around us in God's created order. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I walked away from from that book was that he he had made a case at least in the initial part of the book that he never refers to creation as nature because in some ways that that somehow takes away from from god and i thought you know what that that there's some insight there that i might mm-hmm. begin to and so mm-hmm. i still always kind of slip up and still refer to the the created world as nature but i thought that was a helpful framework mm-hmm. for me to right. then remember that god has put Himself on display in His creation. It's not just nature, it's the work of His hand.
0: Yeah, amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.